Sayuo gets tripped up. It'll be a foul called on Harrison. Clock will not stop. Five seconds left to play. And St. Peter's prep for the first time since 2018 are going back to the Hudson County Tournament final. Fake. Pass. Complete to Reese. That's going to be the first down. That's going to do it. Reese breaks a tackle. He's going to go down at the 19-yard line. And that's going to do it. Too strong. Rebound tapped around. The three to win the game. No good. And Brett survives. The Marauders have won their first sectional championship since 2014. There's Indiana right field. Going back to the fact that we have two weeks to go. And St. Peter's Brett retains his glory on the diamond. The Marauders are your 2023. With seven, Sergeant, go! With 35 seconds left, can the Marauders stay on side? Yes, oh. they can. St. Peter's has won it. To the air. He's got a man open, going for Brown. He's got it. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 127 of Stan Mars Podcast, sponsored by a good friends at Patreon. We have a lucky 15 supporters so far, and including Typha, Joe Gilio, Susan Ballman. We'd like you to support the program by signing up today, patreon.com slash state of the murders. Again, $2 a month, seven-day free trial. If you're interested, get all the updates right on your phone. So again, that's patreon.com slash state of the murders. So I am Renato Rodriguez, alongside the one and only Co-host Talking Giants, Just Penn and Class 2016. Justin, you saw that in the intro. We got our first prep football victory. Let's go. Renato, it's a victory Monday, which, man, it, it feels good to say. It's a victory pod Monday, at least. And you know, see, seeing the really the one thing that, you know, I, I don't know if we've had this kind of sport-wide this year, right? Kind of just like school-wide with all the sports. Seeing the emotion of victory where you see it in what just happened, you know, early weekend and on Friday. And for these prospective schools, you saw it in the soccer promo. You saw it in the football intro, too. And then you see it with the intro of winning championships, you know, and even some of the top moments that we've had this year. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about for all these sports. So really glad to be back. Really glad to have a victory Monday. And we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. So let's talk. Let's go right into it. Football defeating Premise Catholic for win number one again. Justin, they came out the bye week. You know, it was a yep. tough loss at Don Bosco. What team are we going to see coming out of the bye? Are we going to see Marauder team hungry, looking for one? Or are we going to see a defeated Marauder team like we have seen for the last couple of weeks? So let's start off by recapping the scoring plays and the scoring plays, ladies and gentlemen, are always sponsored. By our good friends at D1 Media Pro. Right, D1 Media Pro, number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports. And first play, first quarter. Both teams, Justin, you know, they were going back and forth. You know, not, not really too much to do except Talapel, Talanjas Perez. Quick little, little pitch and catch, 21 yards for the touchdown. Make it seven nothing 
Marauders go into the second. And, of course, Kuk Cologne. We talked about him in the pregame. Kuk Cologne is one of those quarterbacks who was accurate with his arm. But he did it in his legs. Five-yard touchdown run. Ties the game at seven. And after that, it was the speedy show. Jalen Klein went absolutely nuts, especially on that next Marauder offensive drive. He had three huge runs, including a 15-yard touchdown to make it 14-7 to Marauders. And once again, you know, 14-7, feeling good, but ensuing kickoff, James Daly, Ramis Catholic, takes it the distance, 90 yards, ties the game immediately at 14. He would get hurt later on in the game, so hopefully he's doing all right. He got carted off, so hopefully he's doing okay. So 14-0, heading into halftime, third quarter for the Marauders. They started off out of the gates. Usually, just when we see this Marauder team, they, they struggle Going in the second half. This yeah. time, two two offensive drives. They get two touchdowns, and in both the first of them six minutes. Both of them right, in the first, first six minutes. minutes of the second half. Right in the first six minutes. Right, it it was speedy again up the middle. You you even comment there's a nice cut to the left. Got the hole. Makes it twenty one to fourteen on the nineteen yard touchdown. And then the more defense, they stepped up. They forced a turnover on downs. And then Jalen Klein gets his third touchdown tonight. Four-yard touchdown, 28-14. to Marauders get another pick, too. There was two picks in that game. Just Gonzalez got the second pick. All momentum for the Marauders. But Premis Catholic says, no, 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 no. We're coming back. As they're going to get a 28-21 to deficit on an 88-yard touchdown. About, about 90 yards from your guy, Xavier Williams, mm-hmm. to make it a one-score game. Heading into the fourth and final quarter, Ku Cologne, who do you find? Kenyon Massey, the former prep writer who broke many records last year. 40 yards, 28-27. But wait, after the play, there's a flag on sportsmanlike conduct on Kenyon Massey. Brings that back 15 yards. And the PAT, no gun. Sure, sure. Keeps it at 28-27. The Marauders get a turnover on downs on defense. And then you saw in the promo, Dallas Reese would end it on a first down reception as Prep wins it 28-27. to Yeah, Renato, on that um, extra point where, you know, after there was an excessive celebration, not sure who it was, who it was called on after the Kenny Massey touchdown. But as a head coach, Richie Hansen has a choice. It's like, all right, are we going to assess this on the kickoff? And, like, I would say 90 to 95% of the time, you will always see, all right, we'll assess it on the kickoff, the excessive celebration, the 15 yards, and then, you know, we'll get an additional 15 yards maybe on offense and try and play field position. But this one, it's like, no, well, why are we going to assess it on the kickoff? Let's right. try and make things more difficult on a Paramus Catholic kicker. It becomes like a 35-yard field goal, 35-yard extra point attempt, and lo and behold, it was no good. Prep holds on 28-27. And to me, that was a turning point in the game. I know you could say that that second, t- that third touchdown by, by Jalen Klein made it 2014, then the interception that could have been the turning point in the game. But you know, prep had to make things interesting, just like make it a 28 27 game. So, yeah. yeah, that 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 clearly was a turning point of the game. And I mean, credit to Rich Hansen for making that decision, though. Most of the time, you think, oh, just says on the kickoff, you get a good position there, but he wanted to win that game. And and, and coaching staff, players, they all play like a man's possessed and they wanted to win that game at any means necessary. 
Yeah. Uh, and when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade and certainly, you know, take take advantage of the opportunity that the other teams give you. And there's a lot of penalties in this game, too. And and at the end of the day, those those yeah. penalties hurt Paramus Catholic a little bit more than it hurt prep. So obviously, you know, obviously great choice by Richie Hansen, you know, really put a lot of pressure on the kicker. You put a lot of pressure on the snap, the holder, everybody. And, you know, prep comes out on top and, you know, the credit to the offense, too. You know, they get the ball back. And it's not just one of those situations where they can take a knee. It's like, no, you got to get a first down or two to really close right. out this game. Um, and they certainly did. Tyler Bell really delivering some really good balls under pressure in the second half. So let's talk about the offense, Justin. You know, we talked about speed. He had a great game. Right? He had over 100 yards, three touchdowns. But Tyler Bell, you know, the stats might say, oh, 14 for 23, 184 touchdown. Not too much to worry about. But this throws, some of those throws were, were immaculate in that game. Yeah, and particularly in the second half, I believe both of them were in the fourth quarter. I mean, the first one, Renato, I, I like audibly like gasped on the broadcast because number one, he got walloped. It, it, these were short mm-hmm. throws, by the way. The the one to Dallas Reese you saw in the intro in the promo where it's a play action fake. Dallas Reese is basically just running in the flat, and Tyler Bell is kind of just like checking it down to him. But you saw in the promo, if you're watching on YouTube, I recommend watching on YouTube or even check out Renato's highlights that he posts on State of the Waters, you know, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun Mm -hmm. stuff. Check out the highlights and you'll see how even on that last play to kind of seal the game, Tyler Bell gets hit. So it's it's not an easy throw to to deliver, even though it's basically kind of like a check down flat route. So great job by Tyler Bell delivering that ball. But the first one that I'm talking about, a couple drives before, Tyler Bell gets walloped. I mean, he really gets hit, and he delivers like a sidearm. It's like a Mahomes throw. Uh, yeah, a yeah. Sidearm yeah. Mahomes yeah. throw that goes for a positive gain. So I, I just want to say, as we're talking about the offense, we'll talk about Speedy and Jalen Klein. But a lot of these guys on you know this offense, they they've won games before. They've had a couple years where where they've won games and they've had some positive winning records and they've been in playoffs game. They they've won playoff games. Tyler Bell, this is his first win as a starting right. quarterback for St. Peter's Prep. Yeah. So there's some things to clean up with Tyler Bell, and one of them being like, he's so close. He is so close to getting so many explosive plays. That's <laughs> so true. It, it, this is all year. All year he sees yeah. so he's got to hone in the arm strength just a little bit. And when he starts connecting with some of these receivers, Man, is this this offense is going to be fun, and it will be yeah. as explosive as we've seen, like with Champ Long and company, and you know some of the quarterbacks before too. Tyler Bell's dealt with a lot of adversity this year, including taking a lot of big hits, and I'm very happy that he gets his first win in this fashion, where he made some plays at the end in the fourth quarter to help his team clinch a victory. So, congratulations to Tyler Bell. First win as a starting quarterback for prep. Very happy, very proud of him. And Justin, like he, he he's been just progressing each game. I feel like you know he's yep. just getting getting his targets. A couple overthrows in this one, but I, I feel like it's been his most consistent game was in this one today. Yep. Jalen Klein, we talked about three touchdowns, 125 yards, but and some of these carries, Justin, you can look at the highlights, like he had a lot of holes in this game. Like so, mm-hmm. credit to the offensive line for, for making those plays happen. Yeah, I mean, th- that offense line, especially in the second half. Like, in yeah. the first half, Jalen Klein was effective, but then in the second half, and I feel like you see this a lot in football where, 
if a running back is effective in the first half and then you start leaning on the running back in the second half, it just gets so it, it could get so much more impressive. It can, it can get so much more effective because the defense starts to get tired. And there's also a mental aspect of it, too. If you have an offensive line that's just kicking butt all game, like you love that. Like that's like the one thing that you want to do in, as an offensive line. Like, you know, right. pass blocking's fun. You, oh, I'm going to pass this guy to you, pass that guy to you. No, I want to get out of my stance. I want to fire out of my stance and I want to run you over and I want to open up holes for my running back, Jalen Klein. So that was a great job by that offensive line. Just even certain situations where you knew a run was coming from prep, they actually ran a lot more 11 personnel with, with the tight end. In the second half, they didn't really do that a lot in the first half. So that eleven personnel for prep is like their is like their running formation, um, and they it's like, hey, we're going to run out of this formation. You know that a run is coming, but we're still going to do it anyway. So that's the offensive line, Ronaldo. But Jalen Klein, what makes Jalen Klein so special is that even when there's not a hole, which there was a lot of holes for him this game, even when there's not a hole, Jalen Klein is so so patient at the line where he's going to wait yeah. for a little bit of a crease. And then he's going to get a positive gain. He can even turn that to an explosive play. But what was happening this game is that there was holes. There was areas. There was, there was space for Jalen Klein to run. He wasn't hesitating. He was being explosive. And then since everything was kind of blocked very well, Jalen Klein is 1v1 versus a linebacker. He's 1v1 versus a safety. And then if you have Jalen Klein 1v1 versus somebody in the defense, he's going to break that tackle. He's going to make that guy miss, and it's going to be a big game. So Jalen Klein, awesome game, such a patient runner. I've compared him to Le'Veon Bell in his prime before because that's who he reminds me of. That's his running style. I agree 100%. And, you know, I also want to give a quick shout-out. Dallas Reese, four catches, 56 yards. But he also had a rushing, a, a rush and a throw as well. He even had a little, little, little trickery there as well. So. Yeah, Dallas Reese's game, uh, Renato. Uh, not to inter- I, I want it before you move on to somebody else. Dallas Reese's game, it'll be remembered for some of the catches that he had. The catch that he had in the fourth quarter, by the way, that you saw in the intro and the promo. He also had a very similar explosive play in the first half as well. Like it was the it was the same hmm. play and it was the same concept. So awesome job by Ryan O'Flaherty going back to that same play call when it worked early in the game to clinch the game in the second half and in the fourth quarter. So that's a little that's a little nugget there too. Um Dallas Reese blocking. Yeah, his block was huge. tremendous. Like I tremendous. mean yeah, he had a, he had a good receiving game and there were even some routes that, you know, that he was targeted that he was open on but you know Bell and mm-hmm. Bell and Reese just couldn't connect. But Dallas Reese's game will be remembered by the catches that he had, but I will I I will remember it for his blocking effort and just blocking downfield, whether it's for Jalen Klein or whether it's for some of these other effective wide receiver screens that Prep was able to run. So Dallas Reese had a really, really an incredible game. And all these receivers had a really good game because yards after the catch in the receiving game, I think was the main difference in today in uh in Friday's game. I, I, I agree hundred percent. I agree hundred percent. So you want to talk about the defense now, Justin? Yeah, let's. Let, I, I got no other notes. Uh, Andres Perez being a track star, you know, lo- looking fast. Yeah. Uh, DJ Brown. I mean, that, little, uh, that little spin move was nice by him. Yeah, yeah. D- DJ Brown is going to be a really good receiver uh, once you know he continues to get more chemistry with Tyler Bell. He was open a ton. All these receivers were open a ton in the intermediate part of the field um, and also deep too. So this this offense could could get more fun. Um, obviously, as the years roll on, or even you know, as we as we finish this year, Renato, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Hey, so I just want to give a shout out to the whole defense. You know, in particular, there's two guys we're going to talk about a lot. Maybe even three mm-hmm. guys we're going to talk about a lot. 
And that's Sama Bailey, Marvel Davis, and Justin Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. You know, they all three of them had insane games. They were on the quarterback's throws. They were on the rushing attempts. They're making great tackles, great plays. And I, I, I just love to see this defense play the way they did. You know, again, explosive plays. You know, it happens, but this defense played lights out in this one. Yeah, they, they force negative plays. They force third and long situations. And I'll right. we'll start with Saman Bailey and Marvell Davis because the two guys that I feel like were forcing those negative plays the most, especially in the run game, Samad Bailey and Marvell Davis, but mainly I think Samad Bailey, you know, for, had the more had more tackles and he forced more negative plays, had tackles for loss. Samad Bailey was playing like a man possessed. And he was. He was for both of those players, respectively. I think this was their best game wearing, you know, that that chrome helmet, you know, and and, we're, and wearing, you know, the you know, in a prep uniform. So really great game by them. Uh I, I just Looking like men possessed, just running out there, making plays. Uh, Xavier Williams heading into this game, averaged like 10 yards per carry. Ronaldo, right. and if you you can't you can't root you can't just cherry pick stats and remove explosive <laughs> runs, but it's one play at the end of the day, right. it's it's one play, and I don't want this one play that Xavier Williams went for 90 yards to to say if the prep run defense had a good or bad game. I thought they had a really, really good game. Renato, what were Xavier Williams' stats if you do take out that one 90-yard play? So if you take out the one 90-yard play, he had 18 carries for 60 yards. It's really good. That's mm-hmm. that's three yards, like three yards per carry. That's really good for a Marauder defense that has had a little bit of trouble stopping the run over the last two years. So, and especially for a running back, I, I don't want to even I don't even want to let's remove the the history, but that's good for a running back that's averaging 10 yards per carry. And now he's going into the game and he's averaging three yards per carry. So that's really, really good. And I think it was led by the the leadership. It was led by the great plays of those linebackers, Marvell Davis, Samad Bailey, Joe Assign, just having a Joe Assign game. I mean, there's there's yeah. not even, I don't even know if there's anything that <laughs> we need to say at this point. Impacting yeah. the quarterback when he's throwing the ball. There was a couple yeah. pressures that he had, maybe a couple QB hits, and then also in the run game too. Joe Assign's just a smart player where it's not he's just smart. his strength. Yeah. It's not just his hands. I saw a couple times where there's runs that are going to the outside where it's like, well, you know, Joe Assign's a big guy. You know, he's not going to catch the running back, right? But there's just he knows he senses what play is coming, senses where the offensive line is going. And then if anything, he's able to just chase a running back to the outside. So you can have a guy in the secondary or speedy linebacker safety, whoever can go and finish up the play. So Joe Assign impacts so much of the game. And it's not just because he's big and strong, but it's because he's a really smart football player as well. Right. You know, again, if you if you saw this game, right? There were not many third and short situations. A lot of third yeah. and longs for Primus yeah. Catholic, which as a defense, that's exactly what you want. You want to force them second long, third and longs. And with an offense like Primus Catholic, who rely, as you said, on the run game, that's a recipe for disaster. Right, for and, sure. And that's why the Marauders were able to have that two-score lead going to the second half because they, they, they were doing great defensively. But I want to talk about the secondary in particular, Justin Gonzalez. I mean, there were a couple plays. You know, he had to pick, but there were a couple plays that he was just right on those throws, man. Like, he he, he had his best game as a Marauder as well. Yeah, I'm actually – do you know what year Justin Gonzalez is? He's a junior. He's a junior. Yes, he is. 5'8", 170. So, oh, Justin Gonzalez. A little bit of – I, I didn't think he was that small simply by, look, by looking at him out there. But, man, 
what a game. I mean, it, it, incredible, incredible game. And most notably, there were two plays that Justin Gonzalez had. One, I think they were the I think they were the same coverage, or at least Justin Gonzalez had the same responsibility on both of those plays. And I and I talked about it on the broadcast. How Justin Gonzalez almost was trailing in coverage with the receiver that's mm-hmm. running a streak down the middle of the field, but they think it's by design. It's almost by design where you have another corner or a safety that's draped on top of that receiver that's running a streak down the middle of the field because it was the same. It was the same yeah, type yeah, of yeah. concept on on the play that Crew Cologne missed him, and it was an overthrow. That was the first one that happened like in the first half, and then I think in the second half, Renato. That is when Justin Gonzalez was able to come down with the interception. Mm. What Gonzalez was doing is I think he was baiting Crew Cologne into thinking that the receiver was open. It's like, hey, you have a 1v1 opportunity here to, ha- to allow your receiver to go up and make a play, but you actually right. don't because I know what you're doing. I know where you're looking. I know where you're throwing, and I'm going to be there when you throw the ball to come down with the player to make a play in the football. So like I said, the first time that – Justin Gonzalez defended this play perfectly. It was an overthrow by Crew Cologne. The second time, Gonzalez was there. He got his money, got his payday, got the interception that's going to show up on the box score. Um, and that and that was a huge instrumental part of why St. Peter's Prep won this game because Justin Gonzalez did some really fun DB stuff in the secondary. He also had a great pass break. I don't know if you remember this. with was about two minutes ago on, on, on second down in which – Crew Cologne, I think he rolled out to his left. It was the left sideline, right? Yeah, and then he almost got that pick too. Yeah, and I think that was another situation where he baited Crew Cologne into yeah. thinking that some that somebody was open, and then Gonzalez closes in on the last second. Like it's it's not just blanketing your guy because especially if you blanket your guy, I mean odds are you're 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 gonna get you're gonna get called for a penalty. There's gonna be hand fighting. You know, there it's so much is favored towards the offense where it's really tough to be a DB where if you could be smart enough to leave a little space but not too much space into thinking that you know, a quarterback can think that this guy's open and then you pounce and you make a play on the football, it's, it's just, like I said, it's just really good DB stuff by Justin mm-hmm. Gonzalez. And like we said, you know, the defense got two takeaways, which is fantastic. We always want yep. takeaways. Takeaways always a good thing. You know, they limited the rushing attack, which is also good. So the only thing it's just limit the if this defense can limit explosive plays, Justin. Yeah, uh, this defense could be could be scary, man. Yeah, and I think that that's been the difference between last year and this year. Last year's defense, I felt, you know, first and ten, allowing six yards, allowing seven yards, and then it's like, all right, well, you know, you're already putting the opposing offense in a favorable spot. Right. Versus this year. I felt I feel like their first and second down effectiveness has been generally pretty good. And then you're forcing teams on the third and longs. They they are they have created more negative plays and more tackles for I, loss yes, yes. this year than last year. Like they, yeah, they have. It's just you know, when teams are starting to run a few plays and then you allow a 40-yard play, a 50-yard mm-hmm. play, or even a score, that that's just what that's what kills you. And, and that's what kind of takes the you know, takes the wind out of the sails a little bit. So I, I trust that they're going to get it right. Um, I, mm-hmm. I trust that guys are going to continue to, you know, fill their gaps, fulfill their responsibilities. You know, I, I think a lot of these runs also, it, it could stem from not just the guys up front, but it can stem from the guys in the secondary too, kind of coming up, filling your holes, filling your gaps. I trust that they're going to be able to figure it out. 
Um, this defense is getting better. They are progressing for sure, and it's awesome to see. So 28-27, again, Aiden Lamb, 4 for 4 in PAT, so that was, that was fantastic. Huge. That, that, that's huge. also a difference in the game, too. <laughs> right. right. So now, next week, as Murders are now 1-6, Bergen Catholic comes to town senior night, Caden Point, 7 p.m. They are the number one team in the state right now, but again, as we're recording this Sunday morning, they're having their game against number two St. Joe's at 1 p.m., so the winner of that game will be for sure the number one team in, in New Jersey, but I mean, Justin, this Bergen Catholic team, back-to-back defending champions, it's, that's going to be a tough test for the Armourers, man. They're really good. They are They are very, very good. Uh, they have a receiver who's like 6'6". He reminds me of DK Metcalf. Um, uh, they have a running game that's unbelievable. Campanelli at quarterback you know, distributes the ball really well. They're really, really good. Um, they, they have some big guys, so um, excited to see how this – prep team matches up against Bergen Catholic coming off the victory. This is a home game. You know, maybe they're, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's get some, let's get some home cooking. Let's get some momentum at home. But mm. this Bergen Catholic team is, you know, they're, they're as good as advertised uh, for sure. Yeah. So over a thousand yards for Campanella passing 16 touchdowns, three picks. That's pretty impressive. Then What's you look the, at the running game. Yeah. Okay, okay. Give me the running sets. Then you look at the running game, and it's pretty much a three-headed monster between Kai Shanders, who's a really good secondary guy, Mahajid Russell, and Dante Kane, in which combined the 165 attempts for 884 yards and nine touchdowns as well. Tell me about their leading receiver. What What's his numbers looking like now? I haven't looked at it in a few weeks. So that's going to be Quincy Porter, the junior. Yes. He has 26 receptions, 538 yards, which is doesn't that's not crazy, but the thing that is crazy, 11 total touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I think there was a point I called the Seton Hall, I called the Seton Hall Bergen Catholic game. I think that was like a week four, week five matchup, and at that point, he was averaging like a touchdown per game, and mm-hmm. now I think this is we're talking like he's way over a touchdown per game now. So. Yeah, he's probably he's probably, he's probably close to uh, two touchdowns per game. <laughs> Yeah, it's really yeah, good. So, yeah, yeah, they 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 are they are very good. But again, if the, if the Moors could play the way like they played in, in, in this game, Justin, I think they could be in it. They could be in it. Yeah, I I, I think it's got to come down to on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Jalen Klein. If you can, hey, if Jalen Klein could continue to do the things that he was doing against Primus Catholic, I think that's going to make offense just a lot easier. This is a game where you just have to avoid third and long if you're on the offensive side of the ball or else Bergen Catholic and that pass rush, they're going to be able to really eat and they're going to be able to you know, find a way to get back into the backfield. Um, and Tyler Bell, like I, I, Tyler Bell completing some of those passes that has you know gotten away from him so far this year for, for some explosive plays. If that can happen and this offense can really be churning, this mm-hmm. can definitely be a close game. Uh, I, I don't, I don't envision in my head, like, you know, prep like 10, seven victory. Like I, I think this would have to be It'd be high, high, high scoring. Yeah. It, it would, I feel like it would almost have to be because, and it's not a slight to the preps defense. It's just a slight to how good Bergen Catholic is. And Bergen Catholic is the team. Renato. They like to dictate the game on oh, their yeah. terms. Mm-hmm. If you start scoring early, and if you start getting off to a fast start and dictating pace and tempo, that is where Bergen Catholic does get thrown off. Like, I don't think you're going to be able to defeat them in a slugfest because that's how Bergen Catholic operates every game. 
by slugfests, mm-hmm. by like, all right, we're going to run here, we're going to run here, we're going to run here, snap finger, we're going to pass, and we're going to catch you by surprise. That's how Bergen Catholic does it. If you could start scoring early, forcing them to be a little bit more one-dimensional, that's where I think you can catch Bergen Catholic napping a little bit. And that's how teams have beat them in the past. So that's the path to victory for, for prep. There you go. That's your that's your preview. <laughs> there you go. That's your Bergen Catholic preview. So now let's switch things over. Let's talk about our soccer marauders who are going to the Hudson County final for the first time since 2019. But they had a lot, a lot of action this week. So I want to talk first about their matchup against Nor Uleman, in which they defeated them in Monmouth County, eight to nothing, just eight nothing. Two goals in the first half, six in the second, including a goal and two assists by Lucas Santos, goal and assist by Matt Sabrero, Philip Sayuro, Anthony Kucherik, and then even some JV guys like Max Middleton, Oscar Ulrich, Sam Carey, and even our senior captain Andy Mayorga as well got goals in that one. Samianas. And Neil Ward and Anthony, they all made saves in that contest, but that's a great way to start off. 8 nothing for the Marauders against Nor Ullman before heading for their senior night against Hudson Catholic. And again, it was the third meeting between the Marauders and the Hawks. So I was on the call for senior night over D1 Media Pro. So let's take a look at those highlights right about now. Welcome in. Once again, to Caden Point in downtown Jersey City, the site for tonight's senior night Hudson County matchup between the 2-8 Hudson Catholic Hawks and the 11-3 St. Peter's Prep Marauders. Just tries to chip it to Ponce, and he does. Ponce tries to get something in the box. That's going to be the first save for Simon Giannis. Oh, that's a dangerous setup there. Shaw, save Giannis. Good setup there by the Hawks, but Giannis gets his second save, and we play on. Still no score between the Marauders and the Hawks. Again, the third and final meeting of the season between the two Jersey City squads. There's a good do ball. Mayorga behind the defense. Mayorga, Mayorga, Mayorga scores! And the Mayorga strikes first for the Marauders, and it is one to nothing. Gonna boot that one right to Sabrero. Sayo. Sayo, good touch. Sayo. Sayo, does he get there? Oh, what a goal! What a goal by Philip Sayo. Oh, put that one on the highlight wheels. What an individual effort there by Philip Sayo off the intercept. And the Marauders get the second goal they're looking for, and it's 2 here. Golden opportunity against the Hawks, and they cut it to within one. Ball in the box. The free header. Giannis gets it out! Oh, what a play by Simon Giannis to keep that one out. That was a looping header. And it's like Coach Jantas isn't happy with the decision either. That's uh, going to be a free kick in the box. This is dangerous. Giannis is there. They'll get his fifth save. Tries to find Ponce. Intercepted by Hernandez again. Good touch. Hernandez. Two ball. Ponce. Ponce saved by Giannis. Could not get the full handle on it for Giannis. Ball in the box. Cleared away by the Marauders. 
And boy, dangerous water's gonna be a free kick. Dangerous water's there for the Marauders. Ponce over the ball. Ponce with the shot. Raya Giannis, who dives to make the save. Ball in the box. Giannis. Giannis punches it away. Shaw just missed wide. Your final score on senior day here at Caven Point in downtown Jersey City is going to be St. Peter's Prep 2 and Hudson Catholic nothing. Again, all the goals in the first half, Andy Mayorga and Philip Sayuro. Simon Yanez with 10 saves on the contest. And Craig Charnock for Hudson Catholic with 13. Again, Marauders go level 3. Hudson Catholic goes 2, 2, and 9. Big win for the Marauders on senior night. The seniors who stepped up in a big way. Andy Mayora got the first goal. The freshman, Philip Seidwell, with the second. But we got to talk about Simon Yanez. Again, another shutout for him. 10 saves in the contest. He's been the Marauders pretty much best. Even though he's a goalkeeper, he's been the best player, I think, all year long. And he delivered all week, including that 10 save shutout, make it another Marauder victory, 12 and 3 on the year. Then came the big matchup, Justin, the big, huge matchup. Harrison comes to Caden Point, chance of the Hudson County final, in which the Marauders have not been there since 2019. They haven't beat Harrison since 2011. So, what happened in that game? Let's find out with Kevin Conley and myself on D1 Media Pro. A cloudy, rainy Saturday morning here in Jersey City, but it's time for some postseason soccer in Hudson County. It's the semifinals of the Hudson County Tournament as the fourth-seeded Blue Tide of Harrison are on the road to take on the Marauders of St. Peter's. That's also part of the game in soccer. That's part of the game as he'll quickly go for the ball and score. Wow, he did it again. He does it again, caught everybody off guard from Harrison. Sobrio right over the ball. He strikes first, and the Marauders lead 1-0. He does it again, Kevin. And you see Harrison did not get the scouting report on Sobrero. Arguing with our officiating crew that he never signaled the ball back in play. But Sobrero strikes for St. Peter's. His 13th goal of the season. And St. Peter's... In the 10th minute, has a 1-0 lead. Penalty inside the 18 on St. Peter's. Flores Sanchez ready. PKs away. Turned aside by Yanez. Simon Yanez stops the penalty kick. Wow. Off Diego Flores Sanchez's foot. And Prep maintains their one goal lead. And Kevin, Diego was not confident on that penalty kick. He took that. He went immediately to, to Simon Yanez's left side. And he was all over that one. Harrison looking to counter. Kraft had a foot on it. Harrison in towards goal. Yanez the stop coming out of his cage. Simon Yanez once again delivers. What a big stop there by the prep non-minder. His fourth save of the game. As the first Harrison corner will be on the far flag.
Blue Tide still looking for the equalizer. Yanez punches it out. Reed trying to get on it. Yanez back on his feet. It's off the head of John Carey and outside the 18. Sayuo, the big clearance with 10 seconds left. Downfield they go. Sayuo gets tripped up. It'll be a foul called on Harrison. Clock will not stop. Five seconds left to play. And St. Peter's prep for the first time since 2018 are going back to the Hudson County Tournament final. Matt Sobrio, the goal in the 10th minute is the difference in this game for the Marauders. Simon Yanez, the hero in goal. And St. Peter's Prep is going to have a third date this season with either Carney or Memorial. You guys are going to wonder, who, the, who, did it, who won? Was it Carney or was it Memorial? So let's take a look at the bracketology right now to reveal who won. And yes, it is going to be Carney. Carney defeated Memorial 6-0. So Red Bull Arena, the site, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Be there, be there, as your Marauders try to make history, first time since 2019, as they try to get the Carney Cardinals revenge. And Justin, this has been a great series between the teams so far. It's split, split one apiece. You know, we saw in, the, in that pregame intro, you know, Phelps Sayo had the overtime winner in that opener against Carney. Now they lost to Carney 5 up in the second game. I mean, this is an exciting match. I mean, one to one, best of three. Hopefully, Mars can take it, right? Yeah, and I'm even excited for you know these guys to go on a big stage, right? You know, that, that Red Bull Arena, I'm sure that there's a lot of them that you know dream. You know, they, it's like, hey, I, well, I, I actually want to be playing soccer here one day. So it's gonna be cool for them to get that experience, you know, maybe even go in the locker room and you know, do do the thing that the that the pros do. So and get and get that experience and get that you know overall time. All right. So again, Thursday night, seven p.m. on D One Media Pro, and Kevin Connolly, myself, will be on the call for that one. So I'm excited to call a game on the big stage, also, Justin. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So now you know we 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 talked about soccer. We talked about football. I think it's time to talk about the rest of the program with our news of the week and the news of the week is always going to be sponsored by the state of murders sports reporters club yes jesse do you know about the state of seymour sports reporters club you know about it well tell me about it so it's a club that you know we do all the social media updates you know we look at the live streams Right, I'll get all that exposure for you guys. So, if you're a student at St. Peter's Prep, make sure you join us every E day in the Browning Center. All right, so we'll be reporting there. We'll get you all the information that you need if you're interested in joining the State of the Murders Sports Reporters Club. So, now let's talk about the news of the week. So, the first news we're going to talk about, the cross-country guys. They competed at the South Hudson and Manhattan races in the South Hudson Championships. Do you know? You remember Charlie Anderson? Remember his brother? You remember Charlie Anderson? I remember Charlie Anderson. So, his brother is a freshman this year, Harry Anderson. Hmm. Okay? He got first place in the South Hudson Championships Whoa. as a freshman. Right. He, he won by four hundredths of a second, Justin. Yeah. Close race. 
But, but he's been he's been remarkable. He's been remarkable all year long. Jimmy Gafillon in third, Miles Fajardo in tenth, Damon Nagy in eleventh, Caden Port in fourteenth, and Lucas Lynn in fifteenth. And the whole freshman team as a whole got first place on the roster. Congratulations to the freshman team. For the JV squad, they had a one to five finish, Justin, which is pretty remarkable. One to five, all Marauders. Luigi Lanzalotti would win at a time of 1925-73. Daniel McMillan second, Marcelo Garcia in third, Nicholas Brambeck Santoyo in fourth, Joaquin Pajou in fifth, in seventh, you had Eric Roman, and then in twelfth, you had Luke O'Brien. So JV guys also got first place over the wall. Then came the varsity guys, and th- this was an interesting race because Amarotters finished 5th, 6th, 7th. So that's Liam Teleska, Danny Kramer, Luke Schreiber, Aiden Dunn in ninth, Nate Palmarino in 10th, Peter Franco in 12th, and Dante-, Dante Lamentia in 15th. And guess what happened overall with the team, Justin? What happened overall? We lost first place by one point <sighs> to Carney. One Carney. Point. Carney. <laughs> I would not like to lose one point to Carney in the soccer game on Thursday. Yes, I'm so agree with that. But again, good job by, uh, by our guys at the South Hudson Championships. Then came the Manhattan races. And this is where things would get a little bit interesting for, for Amaras. A, little, a couple, couple of records almost got broken in that one. But we'll talk first about the freshman. And once again, Harry Anderson. 12th place overall, leading the way for our Marauders. Yeah. Uh, Henry Gilfillan in 28th, and then Miles Fahad on 37th. And the JV squad, they, they, they had a great race. They got first place overall as a team. Aiden Dunn in 5th place, Nate Palmerino in 9th, Luke Schreiber in 12th, and Peter Franco in 17th, Eli Farmer in 27th. Then the potential historic part was in the Eastern States Championship, Justin. Tom O'Brien got 25th. Okay, so 25th is like, okay, fine. But his time of 1258.60 was the second fastest time in school history in that race. Wow. Congratulations. So right, by, right behind Edwin Klenke. So, so congratulations again, Tom O'Brien. He, he's been remarkable too for, his, for the track team this year as well. So congratulations to our Marauders this week. All right, they're going to take on the Hudson County Championships on Saturday. So hopefully they can bring another trophy home to Grand and Warren. Now the water polo team, unfortunately, Justin, they extended losing streak to five. Five five losses in a row. They only had the one match in the docket. They took on Trinity on the road. They would lose 11 to 8. But Alpayada had a hat trick. Michael Florentino with two goals. And also goals each by Ben Lucas, Nick Valenti, and Thomas Gong as well. Evan Murkoff, who's been remarkable in that, he made a whopping 20 saves in that. Wow. 20 saves. So, again, they folded 2-5. and five. They're going to go on the road this week to take on Trinity. I think I said field. I think I meant to say they lost to Fields and they take on Trinity this week mm. on the road. So, again, hopefully they break that losing streak because I mean, we don't like losing. So, let's go water polo. Let's get some victories this week. Get some victories. Crew, because we're recording this in the morning, so on Sunday, they're racing right now as we speak at the Pacific. So next week, we'll, we'll, we'll get all the results for, for their race this week and next week as well. So crew guys, stay tuned. We'll get you results. Don't worry. Also, Justin, I don't know if you heard, 
But you know the baseball team? Oh, I know the baseball team. They're honoring head coach Pat Laguerre with his uh, golf outing because of his uh, big victory last year. Remember his historic win for 400 wins? Absolutely. So, again, if you're still interested, it's going to be on today. Like today as we're, as we're doing the podcast, Monday, October 16th. All right? So, if you still last minute want to sign up, uh, make sure you contact Joe Haynes at jlhaynes at att.net. Okay? So, again, that's jlhaynes at att.net. Or text his number 973-699-4233. Again, that's 973-699-4233. Again, they're having the golf outing at the Hendricks Field Club starting at around 12 p.m. with lunch and dinner later on as well. The wrestling guys, they're going to have their beefsteak dinner for their 50th anniversary. That's going to be on November 11th, 2023, as they're going to be honoring 50 years as a program. For more information, follow them on social media at SPP Wrestling. Click on the Eventbrite link. It gets you right to the, the page for the beefsteak dinner. So make sure you do that today. Last but not least, Justin, let's take a look now at what is the week ahead for our Marauders. You can see the soccer team, they're still completing the regular season action. We got soccer taking on Union City in their final divisional game of the year. So the Marauders are able to win this one. They would have a tie in the division with Carney, so they'd be co-division champions, Justin. So that'd be that'd be that'd be good for us. So that's again Monday, 4:30 from Union City. Wednesday, again, we said water politics on Trinity on Thursday. Soccer with the Hudson County Championship against Carney, 7 p.m. at Red Bull Arena. Friday and Saturday, the crew guys are going to the head of the Charles. That's gonna be 8 a.m. starts at Boston University. We talked about football having their senior night against Bergen Catholic at 7 p.m. And then the cross-country guys will have their Hudson County Championship race on Saturday at 8 a.m. from Greg Park in Bayonne. So, that's going to do it for the news of the week, Justin. But we have one more thing to talk about, don't we? We do. Do you know what that thing is? No, no clue. You have no clue what it is at all? No clue. I'm, I'm ready to be surprised. Well, it's going to be the Marauder Play of the Week Award. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yes. How could I forget? The Marauder Play of the Week Award, sponsored by our good friends at the Chalk Talk Podcast. You know, they, they couldn't come on this week. So so I'm going to have them promote their own podcast. So, guys, take it I'm away. I'm Ignacio Mara, alongside Jackson Briamonti. And, you know, we're just here to promote an advertisement. Jackson, would you like to explain what the advertisement is? Yeah, so we're here promoting our podcast, Chalk Talk Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find your podcasts. Um, we also have socials such as Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. You want to follow those for additional content along with the podcast. You know, challenge videos, trivia videos, all that good stuff. You know, we're just two friends that talk sports. You know, we have interviews, cover the latest news, do hot takes. You know, just all the good stuff in the sports world. Getting it out there for you guys to listen and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're just debating hot takes, all that, and we'll be covering some, some Marauder sports this year, too. So uh, just check us out. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, Chalk Talk Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your event. 
Chalk Talk out. You, Ignacio Mara, Jacob Biermonti. Listen to that podcast. It's very good, Justin. I know you've listened to it. I've listened to it. It's, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, Memorial Play of the Week Award. We have four great candidates from last week. We had John Kerry from soccer, Liam Rocks from Cuss Country, Evan Murkoff again from water polo, and Nathan Chang from crew. So, Justin, can you do us the honors? I give us a drum roll, please. So, the winner with 47% of the vote. Whoa. 47% of the vote. The winner of this week's Marta Play of the Week award goes to the senior from the soccer team, John Carey. Yeah. So, congratulations to John and the soccer team for winning this week's award. So, now we got five new candidates for this week's award. So, we're going to start off with the soccer team, Simon Yanez. Again, three consecutive shutouts. Up to eight on the year. He's been remarkable Crazy. in that, Crazy including week. that game against Harrison. He saw that penalty saved. That, that was remarkable. That kept mm-hmm. the game right in it. Don, yeah, he, he plays. He plays like crazy. He runs. Yeah. He runs out of that net. He's diving for balls. He get kicked to the I face. Love so yeah, Gian, is playing like a madman. I mean, he reminds me of me when I played golf. That's that's <laughs> that was my style playing golf. So, so I love it. I'm a big fan. Uh, second from the cross country team, Justin. We talk about this freshman highly. He, Charlie Anderson's brother. His name is Harry Anderson. Oh, another great choice. This is a great choice. I know. And now for the football guy, we have a, a two two man oh. two man committee this week. Two this man committee. Fair. This is not. This is not fair. <laughs> we had Jalen Klein and Justin Gonzalez. <laughs> so the both juniors will get the nomination this week. And last but not least, in the World Polo team with a hat trick, Al Bayata. So. Five great candidates, ladies and gentlemen. Five great candidates. Again, make sure you vote for who you think should be this week's Smart Play of the Week. Voting will end on Saturday, October 14th at 11.59 p.m. So vote for who you think should be this week's Marauder Player of the Week. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for another edition of of the State of the Marauders contest, contest podcast. And, Justin, I, I want to thank you once again. You know, you, you bring such great insights and analysis, especially for a football team. So when we get that win, it feels good. So, again, I, I, I want to thank you for giving us your insights and analysis. As always, I want to thank you all once again for listening. And we look forward to hopefully, Justin, talk about Hudson County Championship next week. In that. both track and soccer, that'd be nice. Yep. Maybe water polo breaks the, the losing streak, and maybe football team makes a big upset and wins on senior night. I'm down with that. Me too. So, Renato Rodriguez signing off as always. Let's go. Pre- <laughs>